This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! to the rest is football with me Alan Shearer, Micah Richards and the stupid old fool Gary Lineker who hasn't got a clue how to turn his computer on. We've been sat here for 45 (laughs) minutes waiting for him he's had his headphones on and off turned his computer on and off for five or six times and eventually he's online Welcome Gary. Thank you I rely on young people like yourself Alan to to, to get me through this um, it was yeah it's very frustrating um, I apologize for keeping you both waiting but at least England won a game of football beforehand it would have been even worse if England hadn't um, hadn't won um, but thank you for the introduction Alan You've, you you might have a, a future a career in in this something like game. that yeah well at least I know I'll turn a fucking computer on <laughs> So do I. It was the it was a problem with the headphones. I mean, I'm a technophobe, and normally um, producer Harry's um, here alongside me, but um, he's on a golf trip, and I was left to my own devices. And uh, devices is not a thing I'm very strong with. On on a scale from one to ten, <laughs> how much was he floundering there? I was, yes. I was sweating and everything. Look I at was, it. I was a cold sweat. <laughs> A cold sweat. Oh, dearie me. But anyway, but here we are uh, off the back of um, a very impressive England performance, uh, I felt, particularly going uh, one down uh, against, obviously, Italy is one of the, you know, one of the great nations in world football. Although I have to say, I don't think this is um, (laughs) probably one of um, Italy's strongest ever lineups, um, to put it mildly. But um, England, impressive again, particularly going forward. Yeah, um, we, we know what England can do. I like the whole thing. When we've talked before in the past about when Kane comes really deep, you've got to play with runners. But because Bellingham loves to run into space and you've got Rashford from the left-hand side, it actually re- it works really, really well. I'm sick of talking about Bellingham now because every time I watch him play, he just delivers. Whether it's him... I don't know if you've seen before he got the assist uh, for Kane's penalty, the way he was egging on the crowd, basically say, we need you. He's like the the adult on the pitch. He's so mature for his age and he just keeps on delivering. The way he just 
burst into the space and changes the pace of the game. Uh, he's a sort of a different number 10. So when you think of a number 10, you think of a, a Phil Foden type on the half turn, playing lovely passes, but he can do everything. He's sort of aggressive in the way he presses, good passing, but also he reads the game very well. So I just think all around fantastic performance. I know you probably want to talk about Kane, you know, as strikers, but Bellingham caught the eye once again. No, I think Bellingham's probably the, the, a great starting place because I think England's, um, I mean, obviously Harry Kane's the captain. He's been brilliant at leading the team and stuff, but... Jude's a, he's, he's a natural leader, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's not only blessed with incredible ability and remarkable maturity for, for a man so young. I mean, he's, he's still only, what is he, 20? Um, he's bossing things at Real Madrid. Um, you can see him bossing things with England as well. He's the sort of player that you can envisage um, leading England for an awfully long time. Alan, when you well, say he will, he will do. I, I've got no doubt about that. I think the way he conducts himself, the way he handles himself, the way the way he performs, the arrogance about him in a really great way, and I mean that in a respectful way, not in any other way, because he has already got this aura about him. Um, for someone so young. There is absolutely no doubt in my mind that one day he will be England captain and he could and should lead us on to great things. Are we talking about one of the, the greatest ever midfielders England have ever produced from ability or... Because he's so young and there's so many things that can still influence him going forward, then I would be reluctant to say that yet, Micah, but with potential, with attitude, with all of those things, then... I mean, he's, he's already a superstar. That I don't think he can doubt that. But I think in terms of longevity, then you have to look at things that can and could go wrong. I don't know, with his... I, I love his attitude. I love his ability. I love who and what he is. Um, and you can't not but be anything than a fan of his already and be be really excited what the next 10 to 12 years can hold for him. What I would say on this, and it's, it's you always slightly reluctant, aren't you, to, to predict a, a wonderful future for a young footballer because you don't want to A, be the, the, the kiss of death, but, but also to get ahead of yourself. But what I would say is that if he wasn't English, we wouldn't worry about saying those things. We'd be going, look at this German, look at this young Spanish player. What an unbelievable footballer he is. Um, and I suppose because he's English and we haven't really had that many True greats in the world of football. We've never had a superstar in the sense of, of a Maradona and Messi. I'm not going to compare him with those two, but that, those aside, some, you know, like a, a Cruyff or a Zidane or, you know, one of those kind of Platinis, great players uh, from the past. We've never really had one in England. But I, I, I suppose probably, you know, Bobby Charlton would, would be close, Wayne Rooney to a degree. But in terms of being a genuine world superstar, we've never had one. So I think we're slightly reluctant to, to get ahead of ourselves and, and, and overpraising because sometimes when you do those things you end up being disappointed but if he was playing for another country I think we'd all be going oh my god have you seen this player that Spain has got I just, I just think he loves he absolutely loves the environment that we're all putting him in or he's putting himself in 
Um, not that we're putting him in it. He's, I mean, he, he he's the one that's producing it every single week. And he's the one that is, like, really, really enjoying what he's doing and the response that he's getting for it. So why sh- why shouldn't we talk in, in the way we do about him? Because, yes, he's young, but absolute superstar. Are we are we confident now with, with qualification going into next summer? I, I, I don't want to be negative. I don't. I, 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 just the certain parts of our game, I think, for us to really go and win it, Everyone's got to be fully fit and everyone, we've got to have that, that confidence within the camp. There's still little bits where this wasn't the greatest Italian side that we've seen. And they could have scored two or three in that first half just on that counter attack. But that happens. But I just think for us to go and win this tournament, just need to... No team's perfect though, Micah, is of it? Of course, You've got yes, to work around course. that. I mean, every, course, yeah. every single team has, uh, with the very very odd exception in the history of our sport has had frailties has had weaknesses and obviously you look at perhaps the back for England in the in the center of defense but I I also I was I mean John Stones is an exceptional footballer um, I mean Harry Maguire's never let his country down and I was I thought Mark Gay when he came on was 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 really impressive and authoritative so you know you're always going to have a segment in your side that is not as strong as as the rest of it but I think the important thing is is that England play to their strengths like they certainly did uh, this evening but what are, what are our strengths I think when I'm looking at it and I'm asking you guys I'd I like to hear from you as well Gary because obviously we know you're a presenter and whatnot you got so much knowledge of the game and we're looking at have we got too much options so when no no it, you, no you don't you don't you think can't we have. have too many options you need options because you know what it's like in tournament football when you get there you know you can go with a mindset you've got an unbelievable 11 but some will lose their form at a certain time during a tournament uh, there might be an injury or two you need depth in that squad and England certainly have depth in that squad in most positions and I think that's vitally important I've been saying for some time now that if England keep knocking on the door like they've done in the last three tournaments with this generation of players I think our time will come it may be next summer it may be in two years time it may be in four years time when the Euros is in England and they're, obviously they're very close when in, in the Euros um, in the final when they lost to Italy when it'd be interesting wouldn't it if England had gone behind in that final whether like they did tonight whether that would have uh, made any sort of difference um, it's, we'll, we'll never know the answer to that question but you know it's very very difficult to win a major tournament um, Alan's played in them I've played in them you know there are a lot of good countries in the world and, and we've not managed to win a tournament for an awfully long time so you don't you know what people always say oh here we go England are going to win it now because they've got you know, the, the, the critics will always jump in but I think there's a reason for optimism and I think that's optimism has come because We've been close in three tournaments now, relatively close in, in, you know, if we'd have beaten France, it was a very close game. It could have gone either way, but you need things to go for you in a tournament. And that, I think, if you keep knocking on the door, if you've got enough good players, eventually you will get that little bit of luck at the right time that will make a difference. I might, of course, be wrong, but... We will be one of the competitive nations in the next few tournaments without a shadow of a doubt. Whether we win one or not, who knows? But if you're if you keep getting there to the final stages, eventually, I hope something positive will happen. 
I think tonight was a great example of who and what we are. We can and will be devastating from midfield onwards. We will compete with the very best. We are or should be spoken about with the very best going forward in world football. And I think tonight was a great example of that. Whoever we pick, whether it's Foden, whether it's Grealish, whether it's Rashford, whether it's Kane, whether it's Bellingham, whether it, whether it's Rice, whether it, from the midfield onwards, I think we are as good as it gets. In not in European football, in world football. The the one question that will remain, and that's and that that's why I say it will. What happened this evening in terms of defensively? It's always going to be asked of us, I think, because yeah, there are question marks in in that area, and I think. That's what happened tonight. That's who and what we are tonight. You you also could have mentioned, obviously, Saka and, and Madison at, at, as well. And there's, there are probably one or two more. But I always feel in, in football, I've always felt it's easier to sort out the back than it is to sort out going forward. And I think you're better off being in a position where you're unbelievably strong in the attacking sense of the game and your frailties are defensively rather than the other way around because you, you, it's not very easy to coach being brilliant going forward. It's much more easy to coach defensive shape and formation. Yeah, but I would, I would also say I thought, I mean, without being disrespectful, I thought Italy were really poor tonight. I, I don't think they're a great team. I don't think they're a great country at this moment in time. Um, I don't think they've got great players, uh, particularly in forward positions. And I think that's short tonight. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that. So, are we going to pick our eleven? If if the Euros too are early, Micah, it's too early if, for if picking the Euros the 11. are starting tomorrow, <laughs> everybody was fit because we've not. We always sort of try to get around this, don't we? A little bit. If we're going to pick at eleven, three of us right now. Are we going to agree on? Are we going to agree on a team? No one will ever team? agree on the team, and also it, it will be vastly different come next summer than it is now and you know players will you know dip in form some players will find form um some players you know you will be injured you'll be missing some um i think it's a kind of futile thing i think the at the moment it's very much a squad game nowadays as well isn't it uh, particularly in a tournament we saw that didn't we in the in the world cup even even with even with england everyone was going oh why is he not playing why he's not playing then you know foden was out a couple of games then foden was in and then you know why is rashford not playing rashford comes in and does there's going to be so many changes the team that ends a tournament is very very rarely anywhere near the team that starts a tournament. And I I think the one thing I'll say about Gareth Southgate, and you can agree or you can disagree with his selections, but I love the way that Gareth never lets the noise affect him. He doesn't let, you know, whether it's journalists, whether it's people like ourselves doing a podcast or whether we're working on television and we have our opinions, he doesn't let that influence. He does what he thinks is the right way forward for his team. And I admire that. And I'll tell you who was like that. Bobby Robson was very much like that. He'd never listened to the noise. You know, he knew the players he could trust in particular. Um, and he, he just got on with it. And he didn't let the outside world influence him. And I think that's a very important thing. Well, whatever you say about him, um, and most of it has to be really positive, he has created a really really good atmosphere in that England squad they're all for they're all for each other they're all back each other it seems a really good atmosphere which isn't always the case in the England team as we know 
Um, they've re- they've gone really close. I mean, he he deserves all of our backing. He deserves all of our respect because of what's happened in the past, from where they were when he took over. So yeah, um, they've they've they, they've got a really good chance. And I I I mean, I like his attitude. I love his attitude. He doesn't give a shit about what anyone thinks. On from the outside, he's going to do it his way. If he succeeds, it's his way. If he fails, it's his way. But was you mates with Gareth in '96? Yes. Yeah. Gareth was didn't he... like him though. <laughs> <laughs> what what sort of person was he back then? He was single-minded. He was a very good player. He had belief in his own ability. He might not have been first choice at all times, but that didn't affect him. And I think his I think his attitude got him through maybe more than his ability. Hope I'm not being too disrespectful then. But and I think that's without doubt shown now as 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 a manager. I would agree. Um, Alan, do you want to t- to take us into the break? It's it's one all at half time. Do you want that option or do you want me to do it? Yeah, absolutely. And um, now is the great time to take a break. And um, we'll see you after the break. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Anthony Scaramucci, former White House Director of Communications and Wall Street financier. And I'm Katty Kaye, US Special Correspondent for BBC Studios. I've been covering American politics for almost three decades. Welcome to The Rest is Politics US, brought to you by Goalhanger. Go on, tell us, were those donations you made, like Obama in 2008, was that idealism? Were you hoping to get something out of these campaigns that would serve your own business interests, for example? So I think this will either make this podcast incredibly successful, Caddy, or people <laughs> will be horrified and they'll shut it off right now because I'm going to be very real with you. The Obama donation, I had gone to law school with President Obama. We were not classmates. I was a few years ahead of him. It was 2007. He was then Senator Obama. I had a check in my breast pocket. I went over to the senator. I said, Senator, I said, you and I didn't really know each other in law school, but I'm about to hand you a big check. Can I lie to my friends and tell them that you and I knew each other in law school? (laughs) Well, Obama looks at me, had the best smile in American politics since Jack Kennedy. Forever. Yeah. He lights up. He looks at me and says, I'll tell you what, if you double the amount of the check, we'll take it back to Hawaii, okay? And I looked at him. I said, you're done. I had another check in my pocket. I ripped it up. I doubled the amount of the check. And I'm going to tell you right now, I've been to more White House Christmas parties during the Obama administration than the Trump administration. 
In this pivotal year for the United States, democracy and world affairs, Britain's biggest podcast, The Rest is Politics, is launching stateside. Uncovering secrets from inside the Biden and Trump inner circles and how they shape the world's most important economy, but also the global economy too. New episodes are released every Friday morning. Just search The Rest is Politics US wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome back to The Rest is Football with me, Alan Shearer and Micah Richards and the very, very late Gary Lineker who hasn't got a clue. I'm not dead? What do you mean the late Gary Lineker? (laughs) Not dead yet. I'm getting closer. Obviously, Al. (laughs) And can I say one thing? I mean, you'll see this and we'll put pictures out at some point, but are you in an old people's home? No, I'm um, in a golf. Because those curtains, they look... (laughs) I'm in a golf club that um, ah. has that had great weather, and we've been me and Mike were being sat here for an hour and a half waiting for you. So yeah, yeah well, yeah, you're in a golf club. Yeah, I'm in a golf club. Yeah, it's 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 ten thirty at night. I know. I've been fucking sat here for an hour and a half waiting for you. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Anyway, we were we were talking about um, England's uh, performance um, this evening. What else stood out for you, Micah? What stood out for you? Apart from obviously we mentioned Bellingham and, um, and we'll come on to Harry Kane in a moment, but okay, um, I thought Phil Foden did really well. And I thought Marcus Rashford, after a tough start to the game, he also blossomed and, and what a goal that was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was amazing. I think that's the good thing about Rashford and he's been mediocre by his standards this season. He always looks like it's going to happen for him. It's not really happened for him at Man United so far. And in the game, it looked like he was going to have another one of those performances where things were not going his way. But he can just come alive. We talked about Bellingham for the first uh, Kane penalty. And then the second one, he just bursts through. You think, is he going to get there? He's got the speed to get there. And then he just releases the ball at the right time. And then, not only that, he makes a run which makes up the decision for Rashford to come inside and then finish. But it wasn't only Rashford who I thought did well in that period. I thought Undoggy or Undoji, the the Spurs left back, before he got his yellow card, I thought it was outstanding. He was their threat down that left-hand side. Um, Looks a great signing only, for Tottenham, doesn't he? Is he 20? 21? Doggy, Ita- yeah. Italian? Like, he, they got him, what, a couple of seasons ago and sent him on loan and now he's back. He's He was, until he got his yellow card, probably yeah. the best player for on Italy, the pitch. Um, yeah. Michael, what about Trippier, left back? Hey. <laughs> he was um, good. You you know Trippier. I, I've always got positive things to say about Trippier. I, I do think sometimes it is a little bit of a waste. He's got some so good of a right foot down that right-hand side. The way you open up the play and you're trying to sort of play out from the back and start attacks, He's the way he opens up, he's coming onto his right foot and the only real pass He's got the diag or just back to the, the center house where we know how good he is going forward, but because Kyle Walker's playing so well, and then a little bit, he wasn't getting really the help from from Rashford and on the goal, there was an overlap. Uh, and it was, it's a good, uh, it's a bonus though for Gareth, isn't it, that he can play both sides. It's like unbelievable. You've Massive. got two two of the best players in the Premier League this season 
and last season um, that are probably automatics and have to be for England. I mean, Walker is what he is. He's what he brings to the England team. But in terms of Trippier, I, I watch him most weekends and he's having an unbelievable season. So, yeah, it's yeah two of the in-form players of this season, left-back and right-back. And don't forget on the bench, you've got a certain Trent Alexander-Arnold. I know, he's yeah, not yeah, a bad yeah, little footballer. Yeah. <laughs> and not just Trent, we've got Reese James to yeah, come back come from back, injury. Yeah. When you talk about quality. Luke Shaw's out, obviously, um, left back. Uh, yeah. So, you know, it's it's just that central defensive area, isn't it? But, you know, with the emergence of Gay and possibly Colwell well, we're as well. We're looking for perfection as well, aren't we? Well, we I think every country does. I think that's yeah. what you do because, you you know, you... It, you you care so much, don't you, about your national side? And I think that's the case. We cannot um, um, complete this podcast, that's for sure, without talking about Harry Kane. Two more goals. Um, another penalty. It was all over social media. I don't know whether you saw, but he's... And they, well, they mentioned it in commentary. Um, Steve Bauer mentioned the fact that 21 penalties... I, did, I had no idea it was that many. He scored, that is. He's 25, he's taken. It's a pretty good record, 21 out of 25. But it's an extraordinary amount. What's his I percentage that's a sign record of the, like? Who's, what, in terms of the list, who's he, oh, who's, who's he behind or above? I think he's um, 21 out of 25. Um, and then you and me, we both missed just the one, I think. <laughs> You took more penalties than me, so you know. I obviously I scored I way more, more real goals. I scored way well, more real which goals. Don't count, Gary, as you know. But his second goal was brilliant, oh, wasn't that's it? Brilliant. He's, yeah, what I a mean, finish! You know he's going to score. There are certain players, aren't they? Certain strikers that when they go one on one with a goalkeeper, you go, he'll score. And there are others you go, mm, he won't. Yeah. <laughs> Just I yeah. mean, he's. I don't know what the, what other words we can say about him other than. Yeah, top quality, he is what he is. He just delivers all the time. And when he went through, there was never any part of me that thought, mm, not sure about this. I just knew it was going to end up in the back of the net. And I don't know, that's the biggest compliment we can pay him, isn't it? Is that he's, he's top quality and we've been saying it for years. I'm not looking for headlines here and to score that amount of goals for your country... But with the the quality of the opposition now, how many goals did do you guys think you could score given the amount of games and the quality of the games that yeah, came well, you, ha played? you have to remember tonight was Italy, you know, and they're notoriously a difficult team to score against. But um, I, I know what you're saying because World Cup and European Championship qualification games now, you know, you're going to get two or three at least um, teams in the group that are, are pretty much below par in terms of international. Um, when I played, perhaps the, you know, I'm trying to think back to qualifying games, The probably the easiest game back then, would, and we did well against, was probably Turkey. And that's a proper football country. Um, because what we've seen, obviously, since then is the breakup of the old Soviet Union into many, many different countries. We've seen um, the Balkans um, countries after after the war in Yugoslavia is now four or five different countries. They've allowed in, obviously, team countries like um, Montenegro and San Marino, um, Gibraltar and, and lots of, you know, countries that are basically going to be whipping boys um, when England play against them. So, yeah, that's changed. But, 
But having said all that, his record is fabulous. Um, it's brilliant. And and it's not his fault. It's not his fault. Um, and, you know, yeah. So yeah, things change in the game. But that's why we're seeing now that all pretty much all the countries in Europe, their goal-scoring records are being beaten. Olivier Giroud has beaten um, Thierry Henry recently. He's gone past him. Um, obviously, um, well, Cristiano's miles ahead. We don't you know, count him uh, or Lewandowski, but Harry Kane's beat our record. And I think we'll see more of that because there are kind of more fixtures as there are more European countries. I don't think the same thing probably applies to South America because their qualification is pretty much the same teams. Well, it is the same teams as always. They've always been against. But yeah, people will score more goals now. There's no doubt about that. I mean, obviously it changed just after I finished. Otherwise you wouldn't have scored all of those. <laughs> what, how much did you get? 30, wasn't it? England goals? 30, yeah, 30. Yeah, yeah that's all right. It's all right. 48 for you? Yeah, 48. Should yeah. have been 49 other than that stupid fucking well, penalty you dinged. Well, you missed one too, didn't you? Uh, uh, yeah, I did, yeah. Yeah, it's on the list we've got here. Before you go, go on, we've before got you awesome. go, we've, we've got to say congratulations to Scotland also. Yes, for well qualifying. said, John John McGinn, my mate. It's a very he's good been point. Absolutely outstanding. Scott McTominay has been in the form of his life. They won the first five games in qualifying, and I just think it's a. It's a they're great also score. a little bit unlucky against Spain, weren't they? With that, the did you the the VAR goal that was disallowed? I mean, it's one of those that you kind of see why they did, but it was very very marginal, wasn't it? It was marginal. McTominay yeah. as well, again, wasn't yeah, exactly. it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, with the free kick, ripped it in. Absolute. Yeah. Fire. Um, good for Steve Clark, who we've spoken about before as well. My old interim manager at Aston Villa. I'm delighted for for all of them. They've really put in the work. And they just seem like a great group. So yeah. congratulations to them. And the, and the great thing is, I know we're all, the three of us are all English um, and have played for the national team. But certainly in terms of broadcasting, when you go to a major championship, it, it's great to have, you know, the other, you know, home nations teams that are there because it adds a little bit of spark outside of, of, of England as well. Because we, in the last tournament, didn't we, we had Wales and Scotland as, as well. And it's, it, it, it really makes a difference. Um, and that's speaking personally for, for us. Um, obviously, it's massively important for, for the likes of Scotland and, um, and if Wales can make it. I mean, they had a great result the other day. It, it makes it great for not only for us, Gary, but also for the players as well because if there is a chance that you can play against Scotland or whoever it is then those games are a lot better and, and a lot more fun and enjoyable because that's what we all want as players and fans don't you just think though the Scottish accent for broadcasting is just fantastic someone like Graham Souness or Ali McCoy it's just like poetry in motion isn't it fucking hell what you been drinking <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not Micah Richards it's Muck Richards <laughs> well that, is, that brings us to an end on here the rest is football from me Alan Shearer Micah Richards and Gary Lineker we, and we also got to say thanks for all your kind comments we love all the positive comments keep them coming and it's a goodbye from me and it's a goodbye from me <laughs> And a goodbye from me. <laughs> <laughs>
This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. 